Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Adelics? What the fuck, Minster Fullers? What is that fucking sound? Come on. Come on, that's pavement, man. Come on, listen to this. It's gonna happen in a second. Fucking pavement. Why am I playing this? Here we go, here we go. Oh, shit. I've been listening to this for days. You know who pavement is, right? Is anyone listening doesn't know who the band Pavement is? Doesn't know who Steve Malkmus is? Doesn't know who his new band is, Steve Malkmus and the Jicks. Do you not know? Here we go again. You ready? This, you know, it's weird. When I interviewed him, I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to Pavement again. That was weeks ago. I've not stopped listening to Pavement. I got to turn this off now. I got to turn it down because I got I to gotta focus. Wait, it's going to happen again. They're going to go up with that when he's going to scream. Fucking Pavement, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, enough, 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 enough. That was jarring to turn it down like that. Steve Malkmus. Steve Malkmus was sitting across from me in this garage. Steve fucking Malkmus. Pavement, man. Hi, I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Am I just, I'm a little excited, I guess. All right, let, let me just do a couple of things. Let me do a little business. My show, the new season of Marin on IFC, uh, premieres May 8th. I'd like you to watch that. The first episode is, is great, as are the rest. So enjoy that. I believe my vinyl album, Thinky Pain, uh, uh, my last special is being released on CD and vinyl. A double, a double vinyl. A double album. Vinyl. Go to WTFpod.com. Check the calendar. I'm going to be in Nashville. I believe on May 18th, doing a one-on-one WTF with uh, Vince Vaughn. That should be interesting. One-on-ones live are kind of tricky because, you know, the compulsion to entertain is there as opposed to just a compulsion to chat, if you know what I'm saying. I've been playing a lot of guitar. I think it's important that you know that. There's a couple of things that you need to know. Some of them not uh, happy, some of them happy. I've been playing a lot of guitar because I'm processing feelings. Some people meditate. Some people run. I've been running as well. I've been trying to run. Uh, and that's when I've been listening to Pavement. But I play guitar because I, I, it works for me to sort of get out of myself. Um, you know, I, I'm very candid with you people. And things happen in my life that, uh, that I have to process uh, before I can share them because I have to figure out, you know, how to share them and, you know, what I'm feeling about it. And, uh, and, and you guys have been through some shit with me. I know that. The thing is, is that, uh, uh, Moon and I, uh, it, it did not work out and, um, it's, it's, it's paralyzing and it's sad. Uh, it, it did not go on too long. Uh, I have so much love and respect for that woman. She's a genius and an amazing person. And, and, uh, you know, I'm in love with her, 
but you know whatever was happening throughout my life and whatever was happening throughout her life that you know that that kept us apart you know when we had the window to be together we took it and i i don't know that we were emotionally prepared for each other and it's it's a sad thing when something you want so desperately to work out just just can't it just can't for whatever reasons um, but, but as I said, I, I have nothing but love for that person. And I don't know, I don't know what to do anymore when it comes to, to relationships. I believe, you know, we did the right thing and, uh, and I hope the best for both of us. And we both learned a lot about each other and about ourselves during the, the, the very intense, very engaged five months we were together. But I just, I, I guess I got to be alone. I I don't I don't know how much my my heart can really take, in terms of of trying to make, or to, not even make, but just trying to. You know, I, I've got to figure out what I want. I've got to figure out what I need. I don't know. You, you know, we just sort of, you know, plow blindly into things that our hearts believe they want. You, you know, and I believe that there was destiny to this, to this, uh, to this relationship, and and I and I believe it was profound but i i just it just it just couldn't work and it's uh and i don't know what to do you know i'm a grown-up and you know some parts of me are, are are better than others but like i do i just have to give up on relationships altogether i i don't know i i guess i just you know i got to be alone and just deal with uh being alone and being okay with that and and just you know not i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know how to do it and it's upsetting to me. It's upsetting. And I, I, I imagine I'll keep trying, but it's like, it's, it's just, and, 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 you know, I think there'd be another point in my life where, where it could have went on for years and, and compounded. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what to do. You know, listen to pavement. I mean, like sometimes, like, I mean, what are my options? I can't do drugs. I can't drink myself into a, a, a coma. I just, I just got to feel it. I just got to feel it, move through it. But I don't think I can play this whole song without getting into trouble. So now I'm going to have to get back into the feelings. Okay, I'm back in the feelings. So... I, I don't uh, I, I just wanted to get you guys in the loop there there's there's no big story uh, it just it just uh, it just didn't work out and I'm sad but but um, but yeah I do want to thank the people that came out to the Trippany house uh, for all the shows they were very exciting I went some places I never thought I could go uh, comedically and I shined some light in some darkness and and moved through it and I think we had a great time. I think the hour is going to be uh, a, a great a great uh, a great hour and I and I really want to thank you all for for coming out. And I want to thank my mother for for causing all the difficulty as as and I'd also like to thank my father for being the the very specific type of uh, pain in the ass he was for destroying me 
uh, on an emotional level so I could be the creative person that I am. You know, that's the other thing. And I've said this before. I, I, I tend to believe that my parents are an emotional terrorist organization and I am some sort of Manchurian candidate, an emotional suicide bomber that uh, will detonate uh, as soon as he gets into the country, into the parameters of intimacy, and uh, I will just uh, explode in chaos. Sad. Here's the deal. I'm starting to believe that, you know, you know I, I believe I'm a good person. I believe I'm, I'm an emotionally, you know, capable person. I believe that I have an open heart. But I believe that sometimes my heart is overly sensitive and closes up and, and gets, you know, defensive. Now, you guys know that about me. So some of the things that I got to choose about the future of my life is, is what do I want out of relationships? And now here's the weird thing is that I think that my relationship with you, whoever's listening to this right now, is, is actually a fairly genuine relationship. It may seem one-sided to you, but, and it is, but, but, but who you get right here on this mic is, is really the best that, that I am. And I'm starting to believe that sometimes the best relationships I have are with the people I talk to across from me. Because I, I don't, what, what is, there's no tremendous emotional risk for me in, in being, you know, wide open and, and connecting with that other person and their story. And, and I think that's really me at my best uh, in, in a lot of ways. So I just, I, I don't know if I'm asking you to, I don't know what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that, that our, our relationship, our relationship is very important. And the relationships that you guys witnessed through your ears that happened in an hour are very important and and really some of the the greater moments of my life quite honestly have happened you know sitting across from you know relative strangers uh you know listening to them uh i i don't know if that's sad <laughs> or what but but there's a there, there's part of me that that needs to to sort of have a a deeper appreciation for what happens here because you know this is my life's work folks this is my life's work and and and, and along those lines um we just got a note. Look, I've been trying to get Albert Brooks on this show for a long time. And, you know, we've gone through people. We, I've, I've exchanged moments with him on Twitter. But we've been trying to pursue him because I wanted him to do the 500th episode. I thought that would be great. He, he will not do it. But he did his, his, his people sent this note. And I want to read it to you now. Uh, Mr. Brooks is well aware of Mark and his wonderful podcast. When the time is right, we will let you know. But at this time, he is working on a project. He wanted me to let you know that it will happen before one of them dies. <laughs> so, so look forward to that, folks. Before myself or Albert Brooks die, uh, we will be talking in this garage. I promise. His word. All right, let's talk to Steve Malkmus. How'd you end up in Portland? I went there on tour. Yeah. There's a two-pronged reason. First, a long time ago, I'm from California. We went up there. I was in Forestry and 4-H Club, and we went... Um, when you were a kid? Yeah, we would plant trees. Yeah. And Because um, I lived in an agricultural area, Stockton. Oh, my God. Stockton. And I didn't do like anim animal husbandry or anything. I did... <laughs> jogging running yeah which my parents did it was the 70s like right running was really in it's always in yeah but that was the start right jim jogging. fix i think yeah yeah marathons and so they said we'll have a running thing and then i did the forestry 
and someone knew someone up in Portland that worked for a logging yeah. uh, industry, and they had us come see like the other side of forestry, you know, not the trees, like the just using them for the man uh -huh. know, to build. The lumber industry? Yeah, so yeah. we stayed there, but I really, for some reason, I thought it was kind of cool up there back then. It's so different from here. Yeah. Then later, I did some tours there, and I liked it. I was feeling the manifest destiny to come back west, but I didn't... L L.A. in the 90s. When did you get here? 2004. I was here briefly for a, a drug-addled period in the late 80s, about a year. Yeah. And then I came back in yeah. 2002, and I've been here I since. I think you came at the right time. I, I think it got better. So there was something about the 90s that seemed sort of vacant to me so i didn't want to come here musically it's, or in general yeah, it's overall i don't know i didn't know that many people that were living there right now like it seems like a lot of people i know live here now it seemed like it was a big transition out of like hair metal into whatever else happened there was like a almost a decade of like yeah, there was back i mean back yeah. kind of well there was like the chilies and, yeah and uh kind of k-rock metal which is it is what it is and uh san francisco i'd already lived there so i kind of just picked portland Portland's great because, like, I, I don't know what what you feel, but, like, up the Pacific Northwest, just the feeling of the landscape, it's like it, it, you really feel something. That's I mean, true. You just, yeah. there's something about the gray and the, you know, the sort of weight of it. It's weird, man. It's like, it feels like you're closer to the top of the world or something. I think I liked even just the raininess. I'd never been in rainy and, like, drinking coffee and the strong coffee and the, yeah. the rain, you know, it's kind of, I was into that. Every day. That's all. Yeah. I didn't know what it would really... <laughs> entail which is always living there and it drives you crazy but i mean i don't quite have can, a handle on it yeah do you no i mean i, I don't get, want to i don't really like to talk like it's a real navel gazy place right yeah, now right because they have the show portlandia you know that probably yeah and that has a certain cachet and there's lots of people going i think it's a city that's really um looking at itself yeah in, it's up uh, its, it's own feeling it's proud up, of right. it, which is it should, but it just—I kind of feel pathetic talking about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just want to live there, you know. Yeah, when I go up there, I, I just like—I don't get a feel, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a lot of try too hard around, but there's also this very few black people. There's uh, there's not many yeah. people of any color up there. Um, it's a I little mean, bizarre. That is bizarre. I I think there was a history there, but yeah, I, I don't think there anybody is. really talks Seattle about Seattle too. There yeah. is. I mean, I don't know why I managed to live in Berlin and um, Portland. Like, Berlin is creepily white, too, you know. Although it's European now, there's lots of people from all over Europe. And Did there's Turkish there? Turkish yeah. population. Like a big Turkish population? Mm. It's always weird when there's these populations of people that you know nothing about, like Armenians. I, I don't know what they're doing over there. But there's a, they're, yeah, they true. have a very specific thing. Fresno. That they do. Yeah. Fresno. Right down the street in Glendale, too. William Soroyan is from there. Yeah. What was Berlin? What year did you live there? Last two years. Oh, so it was already mm -hmm. broken. Like last, just got back in August. What was the What was the uh, intent? Was it creative reasons? Uh, more exploration. Just can you do that at my age? Can you just go somewhere? What I mean, what did, did you take anything away? Did it affect you in any way? Uh, I think so. Again, I can't say specifically the place. I mean. I met new people and went to. Did you record? Different pl uh, no, I recorded in Europe. 
Yeah, the where new at? album in Belgium. What's the newest one called? Uh, Wig out at Jagbags. Because I, I listened like in the last month. It was a weird experience I had with Pavement recently. Was that like I was going through my iPod and I was on an airplane, and I'm like, I haven't listened to Pavement in a while. I'm gonna put that on, and I was like, Holy fuck, this stuff is still great. It doesn't sound any different. It's timeless. It's amazing. How is this possible? And I listened to like most. <laughs> Most of the pavement on one flight, and I was just had a head full of pavement. How far was the flight? It was like seven hours. Yeah. yeah, we can. I think you can fill seven hours. With I don't think so. <laughs> it's almost but good. I always was hoping that it was music for the future. You know, I mean, I think everyone who's not that successful in their time tries to think that. Um, yeah, not that that we were completely unsuccessful, or I wouldn't be here right now. Uh-huh. But um, you know, you're kind you of did think about that. Well, I yeah. That it holds up anyways. Yeah. Because well, it does. you because the bands you like, right? You right. like the Velvet Underground. Right. They're they're still good. They're just as good as any band from today in my mind or whatever. So you, I think uh if you're inspired by those groups, hope that that rubs off. Well, I think that it's a matter of production and it's a matter of not attaching the sound to a period. I mean, the stuff that doesn't really hold up is seems to be stuff of its time. There's a few Neil Young albums where I don't know where they came from, but that's it doesn't, true. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It's timeless. It's hard to say how that's going to be, though. You know, as people's tastes change. I mean, it's sort of a modernist uh, assumption. You know that those recording styles that we like are going to be the ones that the future likes. I mean, right? You never know. It might be all no sound level there. forty-two, and Mike and the Mechanics right. will be the. Velvet Underground of, I I I know that's not going to happen. I'm willing to bet (laughs) that. that, I'm gonna I'll say right here publicly that Mike and the Mechanics is not going to be the Velvet Underground of the future. You heard it here first. (laughs) That's controversial. So you grew up all all in Stockton? No, Uh, pavement. No, you just me. Well, Los Angeles, just down the way. So you're like you're a local guy. You know this place. Yeah. I got a lot of family here, but uh, I don't feel like I know it. I mean, when I was seven, that's the real L.A. This new stuff is, I don't you When know. you were seven? Yeah. That's the, that's the time you put on it? When I was seven, that's when this t- city was great. Absolutely. You were what? 73. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have Steely what, right? Dan was just starting. and You Steely Dan? Manson man? thing. We were just getting that out, and there was yeah. gas crises and <laughs> riots and watts and- People dress real there cool were good for the movies, first time. Mate. Auteurs, a lot of them. The true auteurs, yeah. the, the next generation of them: Scorsese, De Niro, Coppola. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah, and you remember all that. You were part of that at seven. You were <laughs> running I around. I had some friend. I had a friend who was uh, um, in this movie called Bound for Glory, which was the Woody Guthrie yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And With, they were twins. I said I have a friend. I considered them one because they looked alike, uh-huh. but. Uh, you know, I don't know if they still do the twin things with children. It seems like Hollywood wouldn't care about that anymore. Yeah. But uh, they used what, to- the backup do, kid? Yeah. Yeah, They yeah. would have a stand-in. Sure. It was much easier. Right. Because um, and, there's and, uh, laws about kids. You might as well have two of them. Exactly. While one of them studies, you get the other one in. Yeah. So they work less, and they were in Bound for Glory. And I tried out for some- I tried out for Radon and Tebe. It was a TV movie. I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. didn't get that part. What were you, what were you auditioning for? Extra, just a the kid, a, a kid that was trapped in the <laughs> by the terrorists. You know, were your parents encouraging hostage? you? Hostage, yeah. To yeah, go they, into. they thought the we have a lot of Hollywood. And my one of my cousins was in a um, Sunkissed ad in the fifties, which was they live in um, 
Santa Paula uh-huh. on an Orange Grove, and Sunkiss wanted to film it there. And there's a little red schoolhouse, and they're all in the red schoolhouse. And then um, this bell rings, and then this truck pulls up, and there's like a Sunkissed truck and they open it up and there's a tree an actual tree in the back of the truck Uh and they like get it and they pick one and he's in that yeah (laughs) but you can't see that on youtube no no it's real though it's the only thing they don't have on youtube is your cousin i don't know they had a copy of it in the 70s i don't know what happened vhs from betamax before that i think it might have been film really yeah so you have a and so you have a little bit of show business in your family then yeah what'd your dad do uh not much show business. No? No. He's an insurance... He was an insurance broker. The uh-huh. opposite. I mean, everyone's angry about insurance. Yeah. Aren't they? What insurance do you like? Is there an insurance where anyone's like, I'm really into this insurance? Well, Health insurance, everyone's pissed. Life insurance, it's just a confidence game, gamble. Yeah. Like a really... Well, I think that's what pisses people off is like what is covered and why it's covered and if it's covered and how it's covered and do you understand your insurance policy and why is it so confusing? Yeah. It's like it's Vegas. Racket. I mean, it's like Vegas. You you can take... You know, it's like you can take odds. You can insure this ar- this pitcher's arm. It's right. Like you can, it's like betting on it right. or something. So... <laughs> right. Did you go to that that school down in Santa Monica? Or do you have a fancy background? Mm-mm. No? What is no. the name of that place? You know what I'm talking about? Crossroads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Do you have friends My there? dad went to a decent school here called Harvard. That's a good school. Yeah. It, he what? says it's like the hardest one to get into now. Oh, uh, the high school, the fancy one? That's what he says. Yeah. I don't know. He said he couldn't get my kids in. I said, can you get my kids in in there if I move here? And he said, probably not, even though- Really? Even though he's alumni? Yeah. And he gave, it was all boys back then. How old are your kids? Nine and six. Boys? No. Both girls? Yeah. Two girls. Are you, is it fun? Do you like it? Yeah. Yeah? It's really fun. Did you always you got to get on that train. Yeah? If you're not already. But did you? Were you on the fence for a while? I was just, I didn't think about it like everything. I just jumped into it. Yeah, I didn't think about it either. And you know what? It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It could have not happened. I wouldn't have been surprised if it didn't, but... I mean, there must have been something that I wasn't admitting that I really wanted it or something, right? Is it, is it the best thing in your life? I don't know. How did it turn out? Yeah, I mean, it's really like, deep. Why, it's why, great. Why didn't I do this earlier? No. No. No, I think you should enjoy your 30s like in your without kids. Yeah. I mean, of course, maybe later I'll be saying something different. But When you're m- dating. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> what I do. I'm just saying you can look back to your th- when I didn't have kids and I was 30. If I look at like. When was it so awesome? Those were really kind of awesome times as the free, the Clint Eastwood of, you know, yeah. the lone gunman yeah. life. The you lone know, that gunman was good. Of pop music. And in the 30s, your 30s, you kind of have that, I think, more. Yeah. Um, you're not commit. you're not kind of old yet, but you're not young. Yeah. My concern is that, because uh, I don't have kids, that I'll, I'll be forever kind of missing some peace to my ability to be with, uh, you know, with people. Like, I think it yeah. teaches you a selflessness that, that it happens innately, but you don't know you have it until it's, it happens. Like, I don't yeah. have... Like but my, if you're aware of that, I mean, unless you you're just it. totally neurotic or something, like, yeah. I think you really, you're on the right path. I yeah, mean, I can get it without kids, maybe? I can still be a, a full or person? Or it's not, it's, I don't know, like, how much you regret it. Do you yeah. regret it? Regret it? Not really, because I think I'm a, a panicky, nervous person. I almost had one, but I, yeah. I, I choked. So, it's just uh, some people I, I know, some 
they if you do have these kind of deep regrets yeah. of things you didn't do. You know people like that? Yeah, not men as much as some women. It didn't um, happen. And they yeah, and it, you know, yeah, they Ugh. really wanted to, and you know, it's like something I think they think about all the time. That's so, sad. But they also don't know that it's obviously there's stuff that they get to do that we breeders don't. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just whatever. Like take whatever, off, whatever watch they want. TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch movies, eat cereal, leave cereal bowls, gut all over your house. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun, actually. It sounds depressing, but. So are are you guys touring now with the the yeah. chicks? Yeah, like a lot, like heavy. We have recently in the last month. Do you take the kids? No way, never. They couldn't take. They couldn't handle this. It's too. We're not at a level where we tra- travel in a bus and you right. Know, if they wanted to be back there in kind of a hippie caravan, it doesn't work. We're bottom line. It's just like a van. I mean, would you take a kid on a stand up tour? I just had my 15-year-old niece in town, and I oh, I took her to some shows, and I, that made me a little uncomfortable. I mean, you got to have somebody watch them, and you got to... Right. I mean, they're going to get bored. 15, though, 9 15, and 6. Yeah. You have to arrange babysitters. Yeah. Do you, do you play, like, every night, like, seven nights in a row ever? No, not any, not anymore. I mean, I do a lot of local spots, but if I tour, it's for, you know, two nights, maybe one night if it's a little theater or something. What would it, what would it be like to... Rec- do seven nights in a row would you lose your mind kind of or would that feel good if no it feels good it? because you gotta you know you get if better you get yeah, the timing if you're working new jokes you know it's like I imagine it's a little like music trying to get something right and you're hoping something happens every night that is never gonna happen again I imagine that do you, do you get a thrill out of that yeah but we have a set list and like four people that have to kind of be on the same we have some little points where it can go off the rails in a good way do you allow for that? Do you still allow for it more, huh? No, more now, actually. Really? Yeah. I were mean, just... we're more dexterous musicians for whatever reason. I mean, there might have been more like a noise jam in Pavement. It seemed like you were really pushing the edge of noise. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were just beginning, and also our influences were very obscure, I guess, bands like Swell Maps or Chrome. I mean, you usually, the music you do is a, some of it is you, but 80% of it is like a fantasy of other people you liked or, you know, you're sort of not necessarily expressing in, your love yeah. for what they did. They're I don't influ- know. not intentional. It just sort of seeps into you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how referential. I know comedy on a macro level or it's very referential to the point of people like stealing your jokes. Right. Like that next week or something. Right. It's just building. Right. But I mean, I don't know if you're just like, I want to get a Lenny Bruce bit in here or something. Push the envelope. Yeah. Take it out there. Well, yeah, you see what people will take. I mean, I think there's <laughs> yeah, abuse or whatever. Sure. Or just... An element of like, I wonder if they're going to be able to handle this shit. <laughs> did you feel that? Well, I did earlier. <laughs> I'm more giving now. I think don't you're more... You got to be. More grateful or something. Yeah, man. People are there. You You think about how long it took to get there in their car or to get a a babysitter or what they could have been doing i don't know or at least in a sound, town like london because like i get cranky in cities i'm like all this traffic yeah yeah and uh <laughs> it's not even that you like us or you spent 20 pounds it's more like how much work to be in that spot was it so but, like i respect you for doing that i'm not gonna like right but it also took you like what 25 you. years 
to get here. I mean, you've got to have yeah. some, you know, there, there's a point with yourself where you feel like, you know, I'm an accomplished musician. I've got an amazing, <laughs> you know, bulk of work. Yeah, I'm still doing it. I still yeah. like it. People seem to dig it. They're not coming. You know what I mean? It, yeah. You, you cross a line where you're like, you can be comfortable in what you're producing. That's true. I mean, early on. I mean, when well, when did you start really playing the guitar? Mm, like uh, pre-adolescent. I wouldn't call it really playing. Really playing? Well, I mean, when did, what, what, what yeah. inspired you to do it? Um... I was in high school and uh, or before that, well, high school I think there were just some older dudes and that were playing and they seemed like they were having more fun than the sports guys. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I liked Credence and Devo. I was kind of a mix between these two bands. Yeah, Credence and, uh, is great. That shit holds up on vinyl, yeah, dude. Absolutely. I interviewed that guy. That was insane. It holds up everywhere in the yeah. jukebox. I they asked still him. Still have jukeboxes. I asked him. I asked John Fogarty. I said, "Well, how? Because you because his records. I got a few of it on vinyl, and it's solid. It, it sounds great." And I said, "When you were producing, you know, what was your approach?" He, he said, "I just I would just picture how it come out of the speaker and the dashboard. So when the guitar is playing, put that up front. When the vocals are playing, put that up front." That was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, his vocals never had a problem getting up front with that voice. <laughs> That's for sure. He's amazing. So, but what was this, what was like the first stuff you played? I mean, what, what, how'd you learn to play? Uh, punk. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Did just you take bar lessons? Chords. I took some lessons before that from a couple people. One, an old man that I was just learning, you know, really simple folk songs, but that was before high school. Right. And then I took some lessons from my mom's friend from Est, who was like a- From Est. Yeah, he was like a coffee house- he played at Blackwater Cafe in in Stockton, and yeah. he kind of he would he would wear a tank top and he kind of had bo and stuff. But like he he and he had a weird <laughs> Yamaha guitar, and he he played all his a coffee house with the electric soft. But right. he taught me like something by the Beatles. He taught me weird chords, like yeah. diminished chords, yeah, yeah. his own versions. But right. that, I really like that. You know, I I wanted to get beyond, you know, smoke on the water and just. Louis, Louis. Even though I like those, isn't it uh, weird that those that those remain a constant in learning guitar? Like you know, if you like that and sunshine on your love, smoke on the water, Louis, yeah. Louis. Anything that you can get, a, you can wrap your hands around at the beginning. Yeah, it's the same with even classical music. They're playing like Twinkle Twinkle. You know, right, it's yeah. just it's I don't a way know why. In. It's a yeah. way in. You need a way in. But yeah. once you get just that little seventh, yeah, those things where you're like, oh, I'm. Or the Hendrix uh, Purple Haze chord, the jink, jink, you know, yeah. you're, it's like you're learning the secret. Yeah, yeah, the whole, you know? the whole missile, yeah. that moment where you get that, it's a yeah. pretty amazing moment. And you, re- it's not even that hard, yeah. which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. but of course, there's farther you can go. But So that took me, and then I wrote tunes in the punk band, I was in a punk band. What were they called? Straw Dogs uh, from the West Coast, not, there's a Boston one. <laughs> Not that anyone's gonna notice, except they probably listen to your podcast. But in the van, yeah, we were a band in Stockton, and yeah. we uh, opened for some other groups from back in the day. Yeah, like who? Mm, like um, I'm just gonna brag a little bit here. Um, Circle Jerks, yeah, Black Flag, all the LA punk bands, TSOL, uh-huh. uh huh, Code of Honor. There's. Uh, DOA, 
Really? Some bands like that, yeah. Yeah. But always the first on for 20 bucks, but we did play. But were you like, what, were you not, were you like 20 years old? No, I was 16. So, oh, so you're the local guys and you yeah. were just, and punk was so sort of marginal anyway, so the scene was pretty small, I imagine, at that time. Very small. There was a couple bands from Stockton, um, a very good one called The Authorities. They made one single, um, and they were the only ones that got documented, but, uh. But there was a little bit we of We played scene. in Sacramento, San mm-hmm. Francisco, just that triangle for like one year. But there was a band before called the Young Pioneers that we, they were a communist, they were communist, you know, that was their angle. Right. They were like <laughs> yeah. communist youth. Uh-huh. And so all the songs were like Kinko the Pinko and Communism Right Now and uh-huh. Red America. Uh-huh. But we dropped almost all those songs and started as the Straw Dogs, more pure yeah, and what were you? What kind of songs were you playing? Just straight out, punk, just jokey, fast? jokey, fast. Uh huh. Not political. You had a good drummer, Dead Kennedy. Yeah, he was really good. He yeah. was into Discharge. Yeah. His name was Glenn. Yeah. He 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 was the best part of the band. It's important to have that with In the fact, punk outfit. When he quit, yeah. Then we got the drummer from Young Pioneers, and he was like a junkie kind of. He liked the Dead and stuff, and so it was over. It was <laughs> yeah. Dope and the Dead killed yeah. it, huh? Mm-hmm. You're not a dead guy? I am now, but back then I didn't like him. You couldn't. It wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. No, I you didn't. You keep that there shit There was hidden. some dead punk crossovers, not just Black Flag yeah. and some other meat puppets, but there were in my school, yeah. uh, there were some, because they were counterculture-ish, although they were by the 80s verging on, like you've seen that Touch of Grey video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like your mom... Sure. Wearing a purple tie dye or yeah. something, you know. Yeah. And I think they're amazing. I mean, I was never a deadhead. I dead like head. them too, but I was never a deadhead, but like, you know, those albums, the studio albums are pretty fucking wild and they like nothing never sounded like that before. And it seems like some of that like uh and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like some of the Silver Juice stuff in David Berman like there was definitely something laid back and in, and in, in inspired by that type of music. Was that there no, at all? I never he no, I don't think he liked the dead, but no. he likes country. Yeah, uh, our our newer. I mean, I I like them as a example of, I guess, to be cliche, like weird America. Just the way they built their their scene, right, and developed their own their own world. You know, sort of. Not yeah. many people were able to do that. Their own iconography, and even though it was West Coast, yeah, um, pretty strange. Yeah, uh, trippy. And I long, think is the word long, yeah, long and strange. <laughs> So from the punk thing, how did you evolve from there? I mean, you left town? I went to school and then I just met, like, uh, again... Where'd you go to school? UVA in Charlottesville. Uh, Have you ever been there? You went to, I've been to uh, Virginia. I don't know if I've been to that campus. It's a historic place. Edgar Allan Poe went to school there for one year. He got kicked out for... Um, morphine? A, he never did <laughs> morphine. That wasn't true. He no. was an alcoholic. Right. But uh, gambling debts primarily in college yeah he because they were betting with these uh local inn keepers the school was like brand new when mm-hmm. he went there it mm-hmm. was just thomas jefferson died that year and uh and yeah he got kicked out and then so he went and joined the army and uh and the navy and then he decided he wanted out of that and then he went to west point Somehow his parents got him into West Point, and he totally failed out of there too because he was just dissolute and drunk, too, too smart for yeah, everybody. And yeah. he's a genius. There's yeah. nobody. He invented so much stuff. He's like you love Poe. 
Yeah, he's beyond. I don't know who Dylan. You know, I mean, he made the science fiction and detective novels, and that, that he was, started all that stuff. Really, he's ours too. Yeah, he is. He's from the U.S. of A. So, were you obsessed with him? No, you just like got into it because you went to school. Where he went to school, I didn't then. even like him back then. I yeah. mean, I thought he just wrote kids' stories. You know, things that the were Raven kind of haunted, spooky stories with uh, you know pe- people reanimated and. Um, when did you go back to it? Recently. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm ready to... I'm want, I'm coming back right now. Like, that's why I know all this. To Poe. Yeah. Like, I'm reading about his life day by day. Um, I have this thing called the Poe Log. Uh-huh. It's not... It sounds kind of scatological, but it's not. Yeah. It's uh, just a day by day, everything about him, every scrap of information. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I guess it's kind of dry. Are you getting more out of the poems and the not stories? Yet. I'm not even, I'm just into his life right now, and then I get to read back on it again. I like the stories better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll try to, I can't, I'm not a big poetry guy. I try to be. Are you? Yeah. I was. I was. Mm-hmm. There was a, like, I wanted to write poetry. When I went to college, I was like, you know, I was writing it. You know, I, I don't know. My guys were like, um, I read a little Poe, but I like, uh, um, William Carlos Williams, Emily Dickinson. I she's great. Be, she's amazing. Yeah, I I'm mean, all for her. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> if if you have that experience with poetry where you like, you know, some poems. All right, who cares? But occasionally you'll read one, and that thing yeah. will happen in your head, like yeah. that first Jimi Hendrix chord, yeah. where you're like, "Oh, what is what?" And that's happened with her a couple times. Yeah. Wallace Stevens, I yeah, got it's into great, that. Great. How about Rilke? That's some good shit. Too. I don't know. I can't get that. No, why? To. Uh, to, I don't uh, know why. Just not. Just not, uh, maybe it's the translation. Yeah. People are always worried about that. Um, you know that. Uh, I mean, pe- things need to be retranslated for our time, or who did the right translation? Baudelaire. There's a few. Baudelaire of those. did all the Poe. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. He translated. He was a bit. Yeah. He translated into Poe's French. Work. Yeah. And made him a star there. Well, yeah, well, I could see that. That makes perfect sense. I've read yeah. a lot of the different Baudelaire translations. Those things, those poems are amazing. Yeah, he's. I think uh, I like it because it's filthy. Flowers of evil, yeah. Florida Mal. Yeah, Rimbaud. I, I tried to get into that in college too. What, I think Florida I just Mal? like American poets. Whitman. Yeah. Just wanted to fuck the world. Yeah. Just wanted he's to hug, a, it. Yeah, hug the world. Yeah. <laughs> he's a. Uh, yeah, Poe hated the uh, transcendentalists. He thought they were, you know, Emerson and stuff. He's yeah. like, these guys are so boring and fake and mannerist. Yeah, I yeah. also like that when you're, like, in your time calling out these sort of yeah, yeah. holy grails. Sure. Blake was another one. I don't fucking understand Blake, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. He had a fucking system. Pictures, <laughs> mythology. Yeah, he's got... He's built like it all. the rock rock and roll poet in the kind Crazy. of... I mean, that, I can't, it's, and some people were so invested in it. Ginsburg was completely invested in, in Blake, and I can't, I, you know. Do you even, interview poets ever on here? I haven't. I haven't. I got a friend of mine who I went to school with who used to live in my, uh, he was a roommate of mine briefly, and he's a pretty big dude, pretty big uh, poet guy. He's up at UC Davis. I can't understand his poems at all. Yeah. His name's, yeah, his name's Josh Clover, and he also huh. writes uh, Cultural Crit. He wrote a book called 1989 about Nirvana and the Berlin Wall. It's just way, you know, like, it's English. Yeah. But I, you know, some cultural criticism. Theory style. Well, yeah, I can't. Where'd you guys go to school? I went to Boston University. Oh, you did? Yeah. I applied to BC. My parents did. I had to meet some um, local Catholics in, uh, in we're not Catholic, but in, uh, outside of, they had to vet me or something. I'm like, what's oh, up really? with that? Really? The Jesuits had to vet you? I don't know, you know? Yeah. 
And that was it? You were like, fuck that I'm place? I'm not going there. Boston's so confusing. Yeah. Did you like it there? It was cool. a good place to go to school, but you know now I go back and the, everything that I remember about it's gone. You know, like Kenmore Square and and whatever the rock scene was back in the whatever. When did I go in the eighties? It's all gone. Yeah, it, it like it was so vital. Like the music thing in Boston was so vital, and still, everything's gone. The Rat's gone, Bunratty's gone. Everything's gone. So yeah. there's there's nothing there. It's, it's weird. Like hospitals and schools, kind of, isn't it? That's yeah. what it looks like to me when I was just there. I spent a lot of time there, and I started my comedy career there. Like Boston, there's in good and of fans, itself. like good intellectual people, for want of a better term. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, what was the experience in Virginia? I mean, that's a good school. What'd you do there? What'd you study? History, but I didn't really. You didn't do anything. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I don't is know. I don't sad? know who is during that time. It's a waste. Some, some people are driven, and you know, even if they are at that age, maybe they shouldn't be. I don't know. You well, know, usually they're a, driven if they've got a future goal in mind. When you're a creative person, you're just sort of, I just want to fill my head up with shit. You I know? didn't even know if I wanted to do that. I was completely confused. You know, yeah, I was you, just drinking and partying and having fun. Yeah. But, and that was good for that. You know, there was, you didn't have to drive, so there were no yeah, car wrecks or whatever. I mean, that's really. Wander around <clears throat> shit face. Yeah, that's pretty up. much what was going on. <laughs> it was fun. What happened musically there? There were uh, some bands besides me. We'd go see shows. You know, yeah. everything came through there. Who's we? Uh, my posse, like Berman. And, yeah. Uh, so that's where you met Berman? Replacements. Replacements were happening, I guess, then. And that's a great band, The man. Uh, early uh, Sonic Youth and Butthole Surfers was- a, Yeah, wild. We were- That was pretty much the ultimate band back then. For we you? Yeah. I mean, for everybody. I mean, I was just- step in line in the butthole surfers uh, for live shows yeah you know, it was, did you like you the placements yes yeah yeah of course they were, they were great yeah, yeah. good let drive it be. I saw a let it be tour that was great I saw um I don't know what else just that kind of era <clears throat> 80s late 80s college rock for want of a better term Husker do like yeah like uh that guy can still turn it out. I saw him mm. at Bumper Shoot, I think, a year ago with uh, with uh, doing the Husker Du songs. Did you play there too? Yeah, I was, yeah, I played. They have comedy there now. I know. Yeah. They have like poetry. Re- they have a mix of things. It's a pretty good festival because it's enclosed and you can leave and come back. I can't do those. Like, what's that? What's that one down south? That one. Ugh. It's outside of Nashville, I think. That music festival. Bonnaroo? Yeah, can't do it. It's the weather's rough. The weather's rough and you can't leave. There's nowhere to fucking go. You're just no. surrounded by people getting progressively more shit-faced. Yeah, and you there's gotta no have escape. A, you have to have a um, tour bus. You have to... I mean, <laughs> okay, you're yeah. building your rep here on this, aren't you? I mean, you've, you bus. built it. You're beyond built. Yeah. You're happening now. You can have a tour bus. You should With bring just one me there. on it? Just, just me. for that one day and, and your posse. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a posse guy. I me need a neither, posse. but you could do it for Bonnaroo. Just yeah. But you're but posse. you're running around with Berman. What are you guys doing? Are you playing? Is Back he playing? Then, uh, Were you involved? We had a noise band. I don't know. You know, it was called Ectoslavia. Yeah. Um, Were you serious about it? Were you earnest? No, it was. No, I mean I didn't know goals to do that. I yeah. didn't know that I could do that, and uh, just messing around. Yeah. But Ectoslavia was a noise band. Uh, nothing. Then just got out of there. You didn't play, you know, but you you kept your relationship with him. Who else did you meet there at State in your well, Bob circle? was in the band in Pavement. He's the drummer. And uh, a couple of bros just from Richmond, like dads. Now, I don't know if they'd like to be called that, but, 
you know, just family guys. Yeah, They're, that's I'm where still, they ended up. I'm still with them. Then we moved to. Is this how it is? We just talked about my life a little bit. Then we moved on to New York. Yes, and, that's pretty uh, good, though, yeah. isn't it? Then we moved on to New York. That's where it happened. <laughs> Wait, do you talk? You're saying that like you don't talk about your life a lot. Well, I don't know how the podcast works. I don't know how. I'm just all. happy you're talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it could yeah. go either way, right? No, I can talk a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I had this weird idea <laughs> of you because like there, there's someone on Twitter as your name. Yeah, but it's not me. I know, but yeah. for some reason I would see that. And yeah. whatever the fuck that guy was tweeting, and I'm like, wow. And and it it, there were, it became an association in my mind. I'm like, Malvis can't be like this guy. This can't. But because I'd see it, it somehow stuck in my head. It's not you. That's really bad. No, I knew it wasn't you, but still, the identification was there. That's that impersonating in the digital realm really sucks. It bums me. I've out, had man. things. I used to get letters from this person when I. Back when you used to get fan mail, yeah. which you don't really get anymore, right. like in the 90s, had a P.O. box. And I would get these long letters from this girl. They weren't uh, sexual. They were more like soul soul revealing, yeah. long things. Like we, And I, I, it was a one-way thing. I wouldn't write back. Yeah. But I was kind of, you know, I was just like, this is kind of a trip. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I get And then emails. by the end, I found out that someone was like, fucking with her somehow like writing her something oh really she was giving you know, her life story and you yeah, got invested in it and someone else had been like doing something writing her and you as know, you yeah you oh know. my god so it was just like some dude in her life somebody that was just knew her, with she, her. but knew yeah. she was writing to you yeah it started was, fucking and, with her yeah oh, that's fucking sad that was really weird so and that's a with this thing with facebook people there's i mean there's probably 97 mark marins there's a few i had to shut one down because it pissed me off like you know it, they they're allowed to do that shit on most ne- social networking sets uh, sites if they uh, state that it's a parody account yeah but if they tweet as you it's not not it's not right it uh, they, yeah they, that's a so problem ha- who do you call them I, I chased it down on Twitter. I had a contact at Twitter at the time because the guy who was doing it, there was, a, there was a, some scammers that would do that. They would try to suck your followers and then they'd try to sell them something. Yeah. And that guy, yeah. he got into it with me on email. Like, and he was a real fucking nutcase, but it was, a, it was a scam operation. A lot of it's to pull followers. Right. So they Just can scam them somehow. number Right, thing. that's right, yeah. Spam, scam. So you go to New York with Berman? Mm-hmm. No, those guys went there first, and As, Bob and David. They da- Bob, this Bob, the drummer, pavement moved there to work at like UPS, or just bottom rate, just like yeah, cardboard boxes tumbling down at you for eight dollars an hour. You know, yeah. like you yeah. can lose a limb at any time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just the only job he can get. And he got an apartment. It was in Jersey City. Uh huh. Um, that was before Jersey City was Jersey City. Yeah, it was nice. Heights. Yeah, yeah. And the Heights is right below Hoboken. Hoboken was like his dream, you know, like yeah. that was Oz or whatever. Like yeah. someday we'll live in Hoboken. Really? And uh, I was um, born in uh, um, in Jersey City. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't live there. My, my, my father grew up there, but now it's a thing. Back then it must have yeah. been a little dicey. It was pretty... It was a lot of cheap produce, like third generation, you know, passed down the last produce that no one else wanted. And there was a really tall uh, policeman yeah. that we called Officer Slitty for some reason, and he would just like make his rounds in this park. He was like seven feet tall. Yeah. That's really what I remember. And you could also, on the park, you could um, 
in the park if you laid down on the concrete you could put your hand right here and the empire state building would be your penis I've, yeah, I got a picture like that. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's a nice memory, right? Yeah, that's a good picture. I hope you have that picture. Put that out. Get that up online. It's weird so, what, you, what yeah, we was, remember. Yeah, it was a, and we fought a lot. You and Bob, all three of us, like just, just psychological warfare, like psychological blood all over the walls. Like what, about Did you what? ever have relationships like that with roommates or people where just? Yeah. yeah, women mixed with alcohol. Yeah, oh yeah, Wait, but I, it's hard to know what what it was about. Do you know what it was about? I mean, some kind of competition. Thing. So it's you, like, Bob, I'm, and who? I'm who was the third guy? Bob and David. Yeah, mainly them. I mean, there was there was. Uh, what were you guys on, on at it about? I don't know. Was it music it, or just just I, you know, ego, ego struggle and yeah. you know. There was some, what do you call when you flush someone's head in the toilet? There was a couple of those sometimes. Just oh, yeah. Like physical. What is that called? I fights. forgot. Yeah. Oh, really? You had physical fights yeah. with David and Bob? Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. I guess we. Were you playing at least? We also lived in an apartment about as big as this room, like the three of us. Yeah. So that's not good. No, that'll do it. That's, that's uh, the bottom. We weren't playing. We were just going to Maxwell's, seeing bands. Working in the city, worked at the um, Whitney. I was a security guard, so was David. And uh, did you dig that? I mean, did it, yeah, it was fun. It's fun just to have a job if you never had. Like I had waiting dishwashing jobs. Yeah, never more than three months. But uh, in a big city like that, for me to have a job was like a huge achievement. And at the Whitney, I mean, did that did that have any effect on you? I mean, that's there's some good shit there. They got the Rothko mobile there. They got the a lot Rothko circus, not the Rothko. I mean, it's, the Calder Circus. Calder is one of the big. Yeah. was one of the. It was Ed Ed Edward Hopper and Ed, Calder. Yeah, Calder. Although they had a reputation for being like avant garde, but that's really what brought the people in. Was the Calder um, the Calder Circus? Yeah, they love the film. Cal- that's right in the front. You yeah, remember that? Yeah, and yeah. they had the, and you could go watch the movie on the Calder Circus with yep. the old Calder playing with the animals. Yep, that's still. I hope that's still there. But they've actually sold the building to the Met. Uh huh. So now the Met's moving their collection in there, and they're moving downtown. The Whitney's moving downtown, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, or I like somewhere. The, did you like being around all that art? Yeah, I a, like that place. I like the the Met. Have you been to the Tate, the new Tate in London? I've been to the one that's in the yeah, the, the industrial big hangar. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's one of the nasty. best things I've it's ever cool. seen in my life. It's free too, a lot of it, which is nice for the punter. You know, like you don't have to. You can go see the permanent collection without paying. That's yep. really cool. Is there that's art that you feel be. like you got to see every once in a while? Well, my wife's an artist. What is she? Um, what's her medium? She makes everything. Yeah. Except films. Like she, like what? Mixed media. She makes things on the wall. Yeah. They're almost paintings, you know. And yeah. she makes ceramics. Maybe ceramics. She got. She got her uh, wings with. My buddy, was, he makes it. That's he lives in Portland. The guy who made that mug right there, he makes them for me. Oh, really? Yeah, Brian Jones. So your wife's a potter or just ceramic? Mm, ceramic. She makes just pot, pottery that ceramicists would uh, scoff at. You know, kind of death defying. Oh yeah. Weird, like abstract expressionist pottery almost. I That's mean, cool. she probably wouldn't like that. Yeah, but. Not necessarily She's practical cool. pottery. No, it's art only. Yeah, right. It's right. just to sit there, you look at it. There's nothing you can do with it except, like, yeah, look say it's it. amazing. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that. I do. I believe it too. <laughs> good, good. She's All right, so killer. when do you start making pavement records, man? Okay. 
A little bit into the podcast, we get to pavement. Pavement started when we, at that time when I was in New York, I could just go back home to Stockton. Yeah. The other dude, the founding father, other founding father, Spiral Stairs, Mm -hmm. you know, the lifeblood of the band in many ways. He bleeds the pavement. Yeah. He's, you know, he arranged to press the records. We went to this, like, hippie dude's, I'll just call him a hippie dude, Gary Young. Yeah. Like earlier generation, yes is his favorite band type drummer. A <laughs> little bit fried, but yeah. hard of half gold. Yeah. Um we just happened into his studio and he recorded those albums and he played drums on them. How and that's many? how the band well there's the singles that you were talking about yeah. first, slow build through fanzine culture, I suppose. Um fanzine wow. culture being little magazines people were like this band's cool and then we made Slant and Enchanted but I was still living in New York I'd just go back there record with them so you guys didn't you you weren't touring we didn't didn't practice much there was no no practice just make make it up in the spot so that's real all those albums that's real that that feeling of making it up on the spot three hours (laughs) the singles are made in three hours and then the Slant and Enchanted was like a week though you know but I just would teach the drummer the songs and then I play over it like one or two takes oh my god so it's all um, improvised almost pretty much now I had lyrics though somehow I don't know I must have made those before you didn't write you don't write separate lyrics ever you don't have a like you know here's my notebook let's go I must have but I don't remember you really don't remember not I must have for all the records or just for Swanted and Enchanted all of them. I, I have, I mean, I've seen the lyric sheets, but I've, I've written them, but I don't remember doing it. I don't even know what I was thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no plan. I just... Uh, but no one sounds like you, I, either as a singer or a lyricist or a fucking guitar player. I don't, you know, you found something. I mean, your guitar playing is, I don't, I don't understand it. It's uh, it's amazing. Well, there's, <laughs> it's tuned different. Oh, it is? That's differently. Oh. Um, that's one difference. Well, how do you uh, Even from it? the start. How they, you... uh, first albums C G and then standard like it's a Keith Richards inspired tuning that I never learned to play the Keith Richards song so the high E and is Keith a C? Richards learned it from somewhere else the high E yeah, is a C okay. and then G A to G oh A that was for the top and then, two and then the, all the rest you would tune the, the bright string the E is that the high yeah. E yeah, you would e. turn that down to D but I didn't even have a D string or an E string so I just have five strings so that and, then, is, and the top two are, are C and G. Yeah, and then there's D A D A B, also with no, on those. You know, so I tune E string to D. Yeah, and the G string up to A. Uh huh. So those are like Summer Babe and songs like that. That's what that is. So that might be one reason. Yeah. That it doesn't make sense. And you just did that because Keith did it and you tried yeah, it? And I've, yeah, I dropped D. I don't know where I heard that. I mean, I know like Sonic Youth t- tune their guitars differently. And But I then think, do you have to play them differently or you just kind of... Not really. Yeah. You can make bar chords that makes them easier actually. It's just one finger across. Right. Um, but your leads too, like, you know, there's sort of yeah. that, that inter- interplay between rhythm and lead that's like, it just, uh, it doesn't sound like anything else. Yeah. I can't blame that on the tuning, but... Uh, I really you know I like Sterling Morrison I like yeah. these kind of rhythm players uh, but you were a Stones guy? I like the Stones you yeah. wouldn't want to be a Stones guy I mean they are, but the way he plays guitar is pretty fucking amazing 
I know. I don't know how, you know, because he, sometimes he seems sort of ham-fisted. They all do. Yeah. But they're just the stones. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the good-looking guys, get all the chicks and all the drugs and make the great songs and make a lot of money. But, you know, when you listen to <laughs> Keith, you know, like it's it, – because it, it, for years I was like, all right, he's the greatest rhythm guitar player. That's what everyone says. So now I got to listen to it. And you really listen to it, it's like a little out there. Like, you know, he's – like yeah. a, it's a little bizarre. Like he's just like randomly hitting these chords in weird places. And it seems to fucking work. I don't know how he does it, but he's... <laughs> does all right. He's great. Did you I read mean, his book? He, of course. It's crazy. Everyone read that book, right? How great was that fucking book? I it didn't was a want, blast. I didn't want it to stop. Everyone wants to know what was going on with him. I mean, you know? But it was surprising. Didn't it surprise you how fucking lucid and intelligent and thoughtful he was and like how good his memory was? No, I didn't know what to expect. I thought he was... I, I was surprised it was such a big book. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I sort yeah, of that's pigeonholed true, him. I guess. You know, great yeah. storyteller, and, and yeah, he remembered everything. Yeah, I didn't. Know. I was I was interested in his yeah his later period and his earlier period. You know, I, I wasn't so interested in the already well documented part. So that's when he was, that off, was the, good. off reservation and out yeah, of his mind, just tripping out. Or well, it's whatever. amazing how <laughs> not only ambitious and on top of it they were, but yeah, as business people, I mean, he was no dummy either. I mean, they knew what was going on with the Beatles, and they were sort of yeah. in touch with each other about dropping singles and stuff. That was well, crazy, Andrew. Lou Goldham, is, yeah. he deserves a lot of credit, really, because he kind of set them, he set them up with, the, I think, he set them, not only did he produce a lot of their defining first songs, yeah. you know, he was like, this is how you do it, it's, we're going to the top here, you're a proper band, and <laughs> yeah. it's war, yeah. you know, and the enemy right. is the Who, yeah. the Kinks, and the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. so get out your stilettos, and like, let's do this, <laughs> you know. Did you feel competitive after the first Pavement record? Not like that. But at all? Yeah, I mean, you with your peers, I think you always want, you measure yourself, probably, right? It's not, I mean, you can be an al- a friend of Sebado and... <laughs> he was in here. He's a deep guy. He's, he's rad, you know, but you're also like, are we, can we do this? I don't know if comedy, I mean, I don't know how... Well, yeah, comedy's competitive, sure. It's gotta be. I well, mean, the, the best you can hope for, not unlike music, is that you have an authentic sound and yeah. then, like the the competition, the competition's easier because you're not you're not kind of hacking anybody, right? You're not stealing, yeah, or I mean, feeling that. But that's of course, you're going to have you know you want to have a, a after you know once you finally get there somewhere, you know then you're just you need some bros and sisters, some people to commiserate with, you know, right. to say like this, you know, you want to isn't doesn't this suck <laughs> yeah right yeah so you were going back and forth and you were playing with um silver jews in new york and then pavement not back really here. silver jews was just like a recording in a house and it was a just a way to push david in to doing something with his genius you know like he was not a f- music not that I was Mr. Frontman or anything, but right. he was very shy, and so we just recorded, and then he gradually built up to well, like American Water, that one you have, and it's great. And envisioning himself as a yeah, like a even a kind of country real songwriter. Uh huh. It took him a while to get there to find out what he was. How's he doing? Ah, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, he fights the fight. He's, right. He's been through it. Yeah. Where's he living? Back east? Nashville. Oh, he's in Nashville? Yeah. he's He didn't return my emails of late, two of them, but 
I don't know why that is. Yeah. Maybe they went to spam. Uh-huh. Are you out there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe he's pissed at me. You don't know? He's kind of stubborn, you know. I don't know what for sure. Yeah. I don't know how good he's doing. Yeah, I just got into him, you know, when, you know, like when I was uh, getting back into vinyl and I was tweeting about it, people were like, oh, you got to listen to somebody. No, and then, it's like, good. It's, it's like great. Yeah. Comedy and tragedy and... What's it? Reality what, and everything. What, what's his? Uh, what's which is the one? The the rehab one, the one where he like you know comes after. Out of, yeah. Um, what was the name of that record? He's wait. I'm on that one too. I think. Is it Tanglewood something? Tanglewood numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Have you ever smoked the back of a fentanyl patch and stuff? Yeah. He. Yeah, he went down, and I mean, he was gonna just end it, but he saw the he saw something like and he's got a great partner and good I don't know how much I want to say about it sure you see what happens he's in the his religion he's gone back to the um, Kabbalah and like Judaism like old school Kabbalah yeah he's really he's old school well he's got like a rabbi oh good he's gotten back he's half Jewish his dad's Jewish but he's he's 100% and he's really into into studying that were you brought up with any of that Mm, my parents are Episcopalians, uh-huh. which is boring. But you were, you, were you a spiritual person? They go. Do you, were you a spiritual person? No. Not really? No. I'm just not. I don't know. Still not. So you don't, you, <laughs> do you think that, that Berman was like, uh, like in, in terms of like the two of you, like he, he approaches songwriting different, right? He's, He's a poet first. Yeah. And, I mean, in very bland terms, like he's a poet and I'm a music. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a little more air uh-huh and he's really words every word is uh important and um you know that's kind of what he hangs his hat on i mean he writes a good tune too but he's just like saws at the guitar right you know yeah um but i take inspiration from his style yeah and uh you know he probably learns some looseness from me or i don't know whatever i have probably helped him um, you like the looseness. I do. It's the only way I know how to really do it. You so you never really want to tighten it up. I mean, sometimes I've been in positions. I do up to a point, like when we're recording. You know, uh-huh. I, I re-sing things. Uh-huh. I I look at the I look at the loose stuff and make sure it's loose in the good way. So, you do know. you think that the which which album do you think you really nailed it, like in the pavement? Well, American Water, I really like. The pavement, you know, it's slanted, enchanted. You can't beat that young, young, uh, you know, just opening the Coca-Cola first time you taste it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would say that. People love Crooked Rain. And I Wowie love Crooked Zowie. Rain, yeah. Wowie Zowie's also, like, for how it came, when it came and how it came out, I should be glad because it's sort of, strangely weird yeah, for yeah where we were yeah you know but then it started to go inching downhill but you know there's still how so like what does downhill I mean know. i think it just gets a little more codified yeah um what we were and you mean uh, you started to sort of like uh what feel redundant or that you were just doing what you do of, yeah sort of a style i mean we were trying to mix it up every way we could um by using different producers going different places and but you start to really know what you are and then it's not as 
it's a little bit you know there's limits to yeah you start playing to that that you can't transcend naturally yeah you can if you are a if that's all you care about but you know I didn't know if that change for the sake of change is good either you know if, yeah like it's just gonna be you know there's sort of a life of any idea right be it a TV show or I mean you can't keep it going yeah and 10 years is long for any band you guys all get along still yeah and you toured there's a little no, bit yeah there's no bad vibes um, yeah how's the new band different for you um, I don't know. You know, it's also been just as long, so <laughs> it's kind of the same. Yeah, kind of <laughs> different. Of it's just different people. You know, you kind of react. I haven't. You, I interact. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten better as yeah. I go older. I, I think, think that the songwriting's gotten better, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope so. That would be ideal. <laughs> and I think everything, the production sounds like, you know, it sounds like, it definitely sounds, I mean, I don't know if it's a bad word for it, but you definitely sound more mature about your approach to things. And I think that's I hope good. it's good and better. You don't, you know, it's it's hard to escape your your moment, your um, moment when uh, young people connect with you at the, you know, yeah. adolescence yeah. and music and that's like so alive yeah you know it's um people are often still chasing that and whatever they in their love lives in their music and yeah. everything do you ever feel like a nostalgia act uh, not yeah i mean sometimes because i imagine and rock and roll is a little bit all nostalgia you know right like from the first every bruce springsteen song seems like it's about like putting nickels in in a um, jukebox from the 50s or something like getting my motorcycle out and people think he's awesome so you know it can't be you know I, I and just playing guitars I mean they're they're not like they're old yeah but I mean like your fans must be, I, I must it must be a pretty interesting mix at this point of of people I imagine people are bringing their kids that's happened yeah like you know yeah. they're like a lot of your fans are probably your age some Ooh. half and half. I have had just in Dallas the other day. Yeah, there was like a dad and his kid was like college age. Nearly. Yeah, so that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. We played in Minneapolis and there was this dad brought his like eight year old. He was sitting there right in front, and then I'm talking about you know the shit I talk about. Yeah, it's not age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It kind of threw me for a loop. It was worse than having somebody with their giant breasts like sure. throwing over yeah. this kid I was just like totally <laughs> afraid or or a fan just like giving me the finger the whole time texting you yeah. know like this yeah. was worse than that yeah because it makes you, you know, uncomfortable yeah but kids know the father knew it's he their responsibility I mean, yeah absolutely I, I mean, sometimes when that happens I'll just go overboard like you brought him <laughs> we're gonna do a little more than usual <laughs> I like that <laughs> It's okay. You can get away with that because it's funny to yeah. uh, the greater. It's good for the greater audience, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's in the future, man? You're just going to tour. You got are you are you uh, are you thinking about what do you think about like creatively when you think about it now? Like you're ten years into this. No, you think about the next move. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know what that's going to be, but we're right for the at least a year. We're still doing that. I mean, we don't really know. I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's still being defined. What we're like when we play live shows now, they're much different than we we act differently. Uh, it's just a different feeling. So I don't, you know, it's kind of depends on how much people are into it, like how much we would give to it mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. You know, because we can just back off if, in, in terms of touring, you yeah. know, because it's a big it's a haul. commitment. You, get and all, it's, you, know, no, you know, you want it, you give, I mean, we give a lot. What are you pulling? Want it like, back. What, what kind of, how big of the venues you're playing? Well, it depends on where we play. Yeah. We play, if we play in, uh, like Alabama, we played at 200. Yeah. Here we play at the Wilton. almost crowded. No, I wish. Um, no, I'm happy where we're playing. We're playing on, on uh, Wilshire at the old place. So. The El Rey? Yeah. So uh-huh. we'll play there and hopefully it'll sell out. That's a good space. If not, it'll be close. So that's... Um, When's that? What it's... Uh, you got to come. I'd like to come, I think. What, when is it? This weekend? Mm, it's like 10 days. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Do you want to play? Mm, not really. I'm not very good at that. No. <laughs> I've tried before. It's just not, <laughs> it's not diminished. Yeah. I'm a better talker. Okay. I don't know that for sure. You edit this right, I will be, but... Yeah, no, you sound great, man. So who are you, for, like, in, you know, to, to finish up, I mean, when you look back on, on what you've done and... And you know the sounds you've created, which is uniquely yours. I mean, who do you who do you think compelled you the most? You know, in, in your past to you know to like really do what you mm. did, or who do you who do you revere or miss? Ah, uh, wow. I mean, you know, the musical hero music as music. There's like the punk times. I can't even say individuals. You know, yeah. I'm not an individual person so yeah. much. There's so many heroes amazing people just like the whole record collection kind of melts into what you are hopefully and that's probably a good idea to not be too derivative because you know everyone has has the danger of being really derivative it's something you have creeps in you can't help it but you I just you know if you have enough colors just it comes out that yucky brown yeah you yeah that's you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so So who are they like lou like uh, i like lou reed the velvets i mean they they're kind of funny sense of humor Uh mixed with really deep you know deep jams the bootlegs of sister ray there's like sweet sister ray bootleg yeah like eight different versions of that song it's all yeah. he really needs. What about Iggy? I like the Stooges, of course. The, uh, I don't know. They were not like my, I like Credence more. Yeah. I mean, you and you end up, when you look at these top 10 lists that people do, it ends up being like Stooges, <laughs> Velvet Underground, David Bowie, Mark Bolin. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, I mean, X, one band I loved was X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wild Gift and the first album. When... And uh, the Specials first album. I mean, this is when I was a kid and I was buying, before I really, I kind of wanted to be cool. Yeah. And I was just buying New Wave Punk. Yeah. And I tried to listen to Elvis Costello, didn't do it for me. I'd listen to The Jam, didn't do it. But then like X, I just like play that. No one really told me why. Yeah, yeah. I just like played Los Angeles. That was completely 
Ruined and also the first Specials album. So, and that, I recommend that Unheard Music uh, DVD if no one's seen that. What is that? It's a documentary about X from back in the day. Oh, of, yeah? A uh, lot of cool footage. I mean, it's total, like, outside your door, L.A. style. Uh-huh. It's, they're, they're from this sort of thrift shop culture that... You can't really. Um, it was a real LA thing. It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, there's yeah. some kind of. I mean, you, you'll see it. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember those, that those dresses and those candles and the um, those yeah. muscle cars. Yeah, they were a real LA band, real Americana stuff, and the deep lyrics, yeah. really weird lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And Ray Manzarek jumps on. He's wearing like Dockers and a tucked in white shirt and he's got kind of a mullet and he jumps on stage with them to sing Soul Kitchen and somehow it's not embarrassing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So. It was good talking to you, man. Yeah. Good talking good? to you. Yeah, you. Yeah. Strong. <laughs> All right, that's it, man. That was Steve Malkmus. I just talked to Steve Malkmus for like an hour. Fucking pavement, man. That's it. That's our show, man. Okay? All right? A lot of stuff happened here today. And I do appreciate you people. And uh, I do need to go play some guitar. And I need you to go to WTFPod.com. If you don't have the premium app, grab the premium app. I mean, get the free app upgrade so you have the full catalog. You'll get involved. Seems like the comment board didn't go away. <laughs> it seems like they're still there. Like, I don't have power over this. I don't know what's happening, but the comments are still there. So go do that. Go do what you need to do. God damn, man. Life is just so hard sometimes. In my heart. Outside of my heart, things are okay. Boomerly!